Psalm 73. So from today, we'll start a new teaching on a theology called Christology, which talks about the study of Christ. Today, I'm just going to talk about Jesus. That's all I'm going to preach about. <laughs> I don't know when last people heard a message about Jesus. You know, so, you know, hallelujah. I'm going to just speak to you about Jesus. Oh, well, thank you. Praise God. You know, in the first service, it was so powerful. You know, I mean, just talking about Jesus. One of the pastors said, I have to go and read my Bible a lot more. I never knew there were so many things I didn't know about Jesus. Hallelujah. You can really know Jesus and not be transformed. Hallelujah. So the title of this teaching, for the sake of a title, is that why is God ignoring me? And I'm going to start from Psalm 73. We're just going to drive it from there. Psalm 73. The Bible says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to them that have a clean heart. It says, but this was a personal confession. It says, but for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had nearly slipped. This person said, I almost backslided. Why? He says in verse 3, For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the what? The prosperity of the wicked. What he was really saying, this is very powerful. I don't know if you've been in situations where you feel as if, Lord, what is going on? I'm the one that kept myself as a virgin. I'm the one that decided not to indulge in any sexual activities. All of my friends are married. I'm 38 right now. And there's no one to marry me. Uh, you, you, you're saying that lots what's going on I'm the one that did not forge contract papers I'm the one that has all the best record but when it's time for them to give out the contract they keep giving to these other people I'm the one that refused to do fake husband and fake wife to get immigration papers I went by the books but I'm the one that is not getting it other people are getting it and this is what the writer of this psalm said this writer of this psalm said this he says I almost slipped. I almost slipped. Said I got to a point in my life. I didn't want to come to church again. I didn't want to pray again. I didn't want to do this again because it was just a difficult thing for me. If you've lived for long enough, you an experienced Christian, you should have experienced this. He says, I was envious at the prosperity of the foolish. He says, I was envious. He says, verse 4 says. There is no banding. They are dead. Their strength is firm. Their capital is good. Their company is good. He says, they, are, they don't have trouble as other men are plagued with trouble. Therefore, pride compass them. They, they talk with so much pride. He said, but for me, you know, I don't talk with pride, but things are not going so well. I wanted to jump in. I wanted to jump in and say this because I, I, sometimes this sounds like me. Praise the Lord. I know that you don't have these experiences, but sometimes the Bible says this. And they say, How do it? Verse 11 says, And they say, How do it? God know. Is there a knowledge in the Almighty? Where is God? Behold, these ungodly will prosper in this world. They increase in riches. Then verse 13 says, Verily, I've cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency in vain. He says, All day long I've been plagued and chasing every morning and, and you know and the reason i'm saying so is that there are people that feel as if all these prayers all this fastings i have people that don't know jesus christ they've not done any prayer 
they've not fasted and they have it going for them sometimes it's like you know i don't know what's going on i don't know what's happening you know i'm praying about this job i'm praying about that contract i'm praying about marriage i'm praying for a child i've done everything and if you're in that situation the comfort i want to experience is the comfort of the scripture that firstly you are not the first person feeling that way the psalmist said the psalmist said i almost backslided he stopped praying he stopped going to church and anybody can fall into that pattern but let me just say this to, just say this to you strong faith goes through tough times I'll say that again. Strong faith grows through tough, tough times. When the Bible says a faith is strong, it's not strong because it knows a lot of the word of God. Faith is strong because of use. Faith is strong because of use. And for faith to be used, it has to go through tough times. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. So now, so people say, why is God ignoring me? So this is how this person fell. And one of the things I want to say, I mean, there's a lot of way to look at this, but what I want to look at today is the perspective that does God really ignore people? Does God see you have a problem and he can do something about it and he goes, I'm sorry, I will not do it for you. Or says, I'm going to take my time. And the reason I'm saying so is that your belief about anything will determine your perspective. And your perspective will determine your action. And your action will determine what? Your reality. Or the results you have. Let me give an example. Can you pass me that plate of sweet again? Who doesn't like sweet things here? You don't like sweet things? You don't hate? You don't like? Okay, thank you. Can you pass? Who likes sweet things here? Your sweet tooth. Oh, fantastic. My sweet tooth brother, come. My sweet tooth brother, come. Take as much as you want. Yeah, as much as you want. Don't be shy. As much as you want. Wow, thank you. Like, like wow, you took everything? Why not? Can I get more sweets? Do I have more sweets? Do I, can I have more sweets? Okay, you're going to get everything back. Just for time, they'll bring you more sweets. My brother, come. He, he, he doesn't like. He, come. So just take as much as you want. Yeah, that, that's one sweet that's falling there. Let me pick that sweet. I don't know why, how it fell there. Maybe in the first service. Take as much as you want. The question, why, why are you not taking so many? He took, like, everything. Why not so many? Why didn't you like it? You don't enjoy it. You don't enjoy it. How do you not enjoy what is sweet? The reason why is that there's a belief system that tells him that this is not good. Yes or no? There's a belief system that he really believes. So, it's, see, let me tell you something. You don't taste with your mouth, you taste with your mind. But his belief system says, I can have it all. Yeah, you can have it all, sir. Just take everything. Take everything. So the question is that does the sweet taste different when he eats it and when he has it? No. The 
taste is the same. But the way they taste it is based on what they believe. Because that belief, I've seen people that drink Fanta. They say, Let me, ah, it's too sweet. And some of you will just sit down. You will not even do 25 CL. It's 50 CL. You would drink it and say, ah, can I have an extra bottle? Okay. This is a good example. Red wine. Have you seen people drinking wine before? Or beer? You know, when I was younger, I saw people drinking beer. I wanted to taste it one day. So I like, you know, and they wanted to taste it. I just, because the way they used to drink it, they used to like, like you know, <laughs> they used to like gulp it. So eventually I found the opportunity. Someone had looked for a guest had come and had cleared the tape for my mom. And there was small beer there. I was about five years old. You know, so I took the beer. Like, I just, you know, girl, like, the way I chew it back. But how do some people enjoy it? What? Someone says an acquired taste. Even what, what you mean is acquired taste, that your mind began to change how it used to taste. What does that mean? If I can change my belief, I can change my taste. If I can change my belief, I can change my experience. If I can change my belief, I can change my taste. If I can change my belief, I can change my experience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Let me give him this. Thank you. You can give him the sweets. It doesn't make a difference. You can just bless him. You can bless him with all the sweets. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You can bless him. You know. Praise God. If I can change my taste. So, when people say, and this is what I'm saying, watch this what I'm saying. When people say, God is ignoring me, and that's the perspective they have, what do they experience? God is ignoring me. That's what I'm going to. But question, where do people get all these beliefs from? That God is ignoring me, God is not good to me. People get these beliefs from number one, experiences, what they heard from other people. They never read the Bible and find out these things I'm saying that God does, does he really do it? That these things I'm saying that God does, does he really do it? Let's read John chapter 9, verse 2. John chapter 9, verse 2. We can read from verse 1. This is good. You, you will be surprised how much assumption we have about God. How much things we think God does and God says, I don't know about it. John chapter 9, verse 1. Let's read together. Let's read. I'll read. You know, it says, As Jesus passed by, he saw a man that was blind from what? See, when we see a man blind from bed, what do we say in our own language? That was the way God made him. I remember when I was young and I saw a man that had a deformity. And when he had a deformity, I laughed. And God, my mom told me, Don't laugh. That's how God made him. So he was blind from birth. Did you notice something? <laughs> They didn't even bring the man to Jesus because what's the use of bringing him to Jesus if that's how God made him? Do you see how their belief about God is affecting them? So verse 2, verse 2. So look at verse 2. The Bible says, And the disciples now asked him and said, Sir, would it sin? Because in their conclusion, this is how God made him. So would it sin? Was it what? Was he the man himself? Or was he what? His parents. Because the conclusion was this. If this man was born with a sickness, then someone sinned. The conclusion is that 
if a child is born with cerebral palsy, God is born, God did it. The conclusion is that if someone is born with a condition, God made him that way. And what did God say? Look at this. He says, what did sin? This man on his praise. And Jesus answered, I wish he had said it was his father. I wish he had said it was his mother. I wish he had said it was a man. The question is, someone said that I'm not married at 39. God, what sin have I committed? What did Jesus Christ say? And Jesus answered, Neither has this man seen or what or his parents. My God. Then he gave us the big answer. He says, but that the work of God should be what? What was he saying? This man born blind is not the work of God. I need that to sink. Jesus said, this man born blind is not the work of God. But now you are about to see the work of God. What Jesus was saying was this. I made this man. When I made him, from the time I made him to the time he was born, something went wrong. That's not me. But now, see the work of God. The next verse. The next verse says he took clay, just as how he made him, and put it on his eyes. And the blind eyes opened up. But that's not the way we think. The way we think is this. Because, did you notice something? They were not even looking for a miracle. Because in their mind, God made him this way. Is that not the single people think that God is keeping me delayed? How do I know that? When they pray, they say, God, why? Is that not how business people think the reason why they lost that contract was that God did not give it to them? But Jesus looked at this man and said, because it's an assumption. It's a big assumption. For example, all the trouble that Job had. Job said that it was God that did this. It was God that did that. But do you know that the last chapter of Job, Job said something that corrected himself? Look at Job chapter 42 in verse 5. Job chapter 42 verse 5. See what Job said. Job chapter 42 verse 5. Quickly please. Thank you for showing me Job 42 17. Job 42 verse 5. Can you give me the message version now? Is it possible? Should I just keep going? Okay. See what the message version. This is what Job said. Job said, all the things I said from Job chapter 1 to chapter 41, he says, I admit, this is Job, it's confession. He said, I admit, I once lived by the rumors of you. But now, I have what? All first hand from my own eyes and ears. He said, all the time I said, God did this, God did that. God, why are you doing to me? He said, I did not better. It was what I heard other people say about you that brought me to conclusions. The reason I'm saying so is this. This is the reason why. You will be surprised how the opinions we have about God and Jesus Christ is very far from what the Bible forms. And we form our opinion from our own personal experiences. I was praying for my mom and my mom died and you know we prayed for cancer and she was not healed and you form an opinion from there you form your opinion from you form your opinion from things like that 
But the question is, why are those opinions powerful? The moment you believe that God is the one disturbing you, it affects your prayers. The moment you believe that God is the one that is not fair to you, it affects your prayers. Someone say hallelujah. Because your belief determines your response. On the cross of Calvary, one thief believed he was a Messiah. He ended up in paradise. And that belief that he was another thief ended up in hell. What you believe affects everything. Let me, let me everybody look up to me. Look up to me. Please look up. Just let me tell you something. We say that most of you don't realize. The more you believe that God is good and kind, you will see his goodness and kindness. I'm telling you, the more you believe, stop saying that God, why are you not listening to me? Because he is. Do you know what he says? He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You don't go and say, God, go with us. Uh-uh. As you're going, he said, I will go with you. But it's the belief. Hey, God is with you. Why do you get to the interview and start shaking? Calm down. Your father is with you. Why do you get to the new office and feel terrified? Calm down. Your father is with you. Sometimes your daddy wants to go for um, that, that thing they do when they want to give birth. What's it called? CS. You say, let's call for prayers. Why are you calling for prayers? Sometimes it's a function of fear. It's a fear because you are asleep. If you are asleep, is your God asleep? The Bible says, He that watches over Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. Someone say, Pastor, can't we use our faith? When they, if it was tablets they gave you, will you use your faith? And they say, take three tablets and you have your child. You will not use your faith. The reason why you are, you are just afraid of CS, that's all. But the thing, this is the thing, we must know, and it affects our prayers. You, you, you know the way some people are praying, they pray and say, God, is their problem. That God, I'm, I'm talking to you, please now. God is not your problem. You need to come to God with confidence that he's going to give you what you're asking for. Hebrews 11, 6 says that you must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that didn't seek him. It's a fundamental of faith. Should I shock you? Many of you know successful men and women here. They are not very churchy. They don't really pray too much, but they will tell you, if I call upon my God, my God answers me. You know people like that. that they will tell you that, hey, me, I don't go to church and kind of, he said, but when I call upon my God, my God answers me. You know the thing? They fundamentally believe in the goodness of God. But the problem with church people is this. We are so sin conscious. We think that God is really against us. But this is what I'm saying to you. The more you believe in the goodness of God, the more you will see it. Somebody say hallelujah. And let me tell you, the view you have of God will determine how you respond to God. Let me give you an example. Look at the Russian war. To a lot of you, Putin is doing a terrible thing. But do you know to most people in Russia, they think that Putin is doing something well? The reason why is what they're hearing, what they're seeing. Because the perspective they have of Putin is not the perspective we have. And the perspective we have is because of the information we have. 
if we get more information, we might change our perspective. Someone say hallelujah. So the question is this, who is Jesus? Why is it important to know Jesus? If you know the real Jesus, you will know that he cannot ignore you. How do I know he cannot ignore you? All the time Jesus walked on planet earth, there was nobody that called on him that heavenly God. He said, whosoever that comes upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just the thinking that God is ignoring you is making your prayer answers difficult. That's what I'm going to. Just the thinking that God is not giving me a baby. He's making your prayer answers difficult. Just the thinking that God is not giving me a contract. He's making your prayer answer difficult. Brother, relax. Mary Amata said, you came too late. He said, you don't know me yet. I come right on time. I come right on time. They are wondering, when will you get married? 38, 39, 41, 42. He said, don't worry. He will do it right on time. Are you saying, can you say amen? He doesn't come too late. Rest in his grace. Rest in his wisdom. Oh, glory to God. What seemed like a setback will become a setup. You need to learn how to rest in God's love. Praise God. You know, when you know your husband and your wife, you know what they can do. Is it not true? When you know Jesus, the reason why you think he's delaying, he's ignoring you, is because you don't know him. When you know him, you know he loves you too much to delay you. You understand? He wants to get the glory from your life. He wants you to boast to your friend that there's nobody like him. He told Moses, I want to show the whole of Egypt and the neighbors that there's no God than the God of Israel. Praise God. And he did it. He did it so much that when Israel was leaving Egypt, some Egyptians followed Israelites. Someone say hallelujah. So who is Jesus? So the reason why I'm saying so is back to Job 42. A lot of us are lived with rumors. You say, um, how do you know this about God? I experienced this, so I prayed for something. So because I prayed for it, it didn't happen. You know, sometimes God has his own way. You know, this and this. So one pastor said so. You know me, I was a Muslim before. They said this, so I was a Catholic before. You're just, those are opinions. The way you know God is from his word. Who is Jesus? Let's read. You know, Jesus Christ asked them, Matthew chapter 16. He says, Who do men know that? Who do men say that I am? Matthew 16, let's look at it. I didn't even get in the first service. Matthew 16, verse 13, quickly. Matthew 16, verse 13. Let's do this quickly. He says this, Matthew 16. Wow. Those guys at the back read it. supernatural scriptures now. Matthew 16, verse 13. It says this, and when they came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, what do men say that I am, that I the son of man am? Why was he asking? We'll see it now. Continue. He says this, and some said, John the Baptist. They say, you are like a prophet. Others said, Elijah, another prophet. Others said, Jeremiah. They said, all oh, one other prophet. They saw Jesus as a prophet. 
Okay. Then he said unto them, I've heard what they said. But you, who do you say I am? Then they could not answer. Then the Spirit of God came on Peter. And what did Peter say? And Peter said, Thou art Christ, the anointed, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And what did Jesus Christ say? Jesus Christ said this. He said, Peter, you spoke rightly. Then he said to him, he said, upon this rock, what's this rock? Upon the revelation that you said, I will build my what? My church. What does that mean? Everybody builds on revelation. Makabaya. The same way Jesus Christ said, I build on this. My question is this. Your life, what revelation are you building it upon? Are you building it on the rumor of God or you are building it on the intelligence of Jesus based on scripture? Jesus said, he said, upon this rock, what you believe becomes a rock in your life. And that rock becomes what you build upon. Someone says, why is he going to relax? So if you believe that your God is stingy, you will see, you will see a stingy God. If you believe that your God is good and kind, it's a revelation. You be- Let me tell you something. Everyone look up here. Always tell yourself, God is in a hurry to answer my prayers. My God. Someone says, is that possible? He said, why you are yet speaking, I've heard. He said, why you are yet speaking, I've heard. He said, before you call, I've answered. It's a person. You have to correct the way you think. That's not the way they taught you before. But this is a God. This is the way he talks now. He said, before you call, I've answered. Did you read Matthew 7, 7? He says, ask and ye shall receive. Verse 8 says, for everyone that asks, receive it. Everyone that seeketh, find it. To him that knocketh, the door is open. So I say, but I want to ask you, is that how you are confident in prayer? The reason why you are not confident in prayer that way is that you don't believe that that's what God is to you. I will tell you, when I get to show in my life, when I'm becoming shaky, I become shaky because of something. I'm doubting the promise of God. That's all. When you're worried about what the doctor said over what God said, the reason why you are doubting the promise of God, what I do is go back to that promise. Remind myself of what God said. Where's Jesus to me? Why? The rock of revelation you have determines what you build upon. Where's Jesus? Hallelujah. Some people say Jesus is a, is a great teacher. I, I don't know if you've come across the Mormonites. Have you come across the Mormonites before? Those are people that call us in the go, you know, have you seen this church? The church of Latter-day Saints before? Not really a church though. Because no Christian would deny one thing. That Jesus is God and the son of the living God. If you don't believe that, you cannot be a Christian. So the church of the Mormonites says Jesus was a great prophet, was a great teacher. Was Jesus just a great teacher? Let's look at the Bible. Let's look at the Bible. Are you ready? Are you ready? Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. I said, Where's Jesus? He said, Was just a great teacher. Oh, wow. Jesus is more than a great teacher. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. I don't know if you're there. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Oh, glory to God. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Jesus is more than a great teacher. And you know, the beauty of talking about Jesus is this. It's a diet. The more you feed on Jesus, the more you fall in love with him. You know the problem with church? I think church, we talk too much about money and blessing. That's why our people get greedy and covetous. I think we need to, we need to backtrack a little and give them balanced diets. 
Listen to me, carbohydrate is good, but too much carbohydrate causes kwashoko. Many churches have spiritual kwashoko. You just see the members, all they know is seven scriptures on finances, ten scriptures on marriage, four scriptures on childbirth. But ask them, what do you know about the debts, the debts, the essential just I know nothing. There must be a balance. And the beauty of teaching about Jesus is this. Anybody, the more you know someone, the more you fall in love with them. The more you know Jesus, you find yourself falling, fall in love with them. Fall in love with him. Paul said, I may know him. He says, I've known him, but I may know him. He says, I've known him, but I may know him. What did the billionaire Zacchaeus saw? This a rich man, billionaire. When he heard Jesus was coming, he ran, climbed on a tree and said, I just want to see him. There was something he saw. There was something he saw. How come the message of Jesus has not impacted you more than it has impacted you? You need to see something. What did Saul see on his road to Damascus? All of a sudden, this was the Jesus he was attacking. But on this encounter, he fell down from the horse. He says, who art thou, Lord? In an instant, the person he attacked became his Lord. He saw something that we, have, we need to see. Somebody say, Jesus. That's so we say, Jesus. Why is it that many Christians get into trouble and they shout, Jesus, and it never works? Because they don't know what the name is. They don't know what it represents. They don't even know who he is. who he is who is this Jesus we talk about is he a teacher like Aristotle like Plato like Socrates is that who he is is it more than that let's read the Bible one thing I know is that nobody ever spoke like Jesus Christ <laughs> I'm telling you nobody ever spoke like Jesus Christ he's more than a man read the Bible Mark chapter 10 verse 17 oh glory to God the Bible says this. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and knelt down to him and asked him, Good master. This man was, was like, Hey, good master. Like, there are other masters. Good master. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus looked at him and says, Do you know what you're saying? Why are you calling me good? Verse 18. For there is none good but God. What he was saying was this. I'm not just a good master, I'm God. Are you hearing me? Did you read it? So he was not just a teacher, he was God. So I said, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. So I said, Prove he is God. If someone should know if he's God or not, the person should be the devil. Yes or no? When the devil tempted Jesus Christ, what did Jesus Christ say? He said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Who was he referring to? He was referring, he said, Devil, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. He said, You shall not. He said, Devil, I made you. You shall. And devil did not say it's nonsense. Devil admitted. He said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Are you here? First Timothy 16. Oh my God. You will love this. You will love this. You will love this. You will love this. Jesus, look at the devil. I bought to eyeball. He said, Devil, you know me. I know you. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. If it was not God, sit down and have said, You are not God. First Timothy 3:16. Oh, glory to God. Who is this Jesus? He's more than a teacher. So don't, 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 don't. we can't be talking about Jesus Christ and you're quoting Mahatma Gandhi. Ah! We can't be 
you're talking about Jesus Christ and you're saying that uh, the first prince of the USA, uh-uh, you can't be quoting Winston Churchill for Jesus Christ. You can't be quoting Karl Marx, economic trade for Jesus Christ. Jesus is superior than that. Do you know who he is? They were all men and teachers and great people, but Jesus is not in that category. He's superior. He's their maker. See what the Bible says. Paul wrote this many years ago. He says, in case you want to say nonsense, in case you want to doubt it, he said, without controversy. Last that means this is not a point of argument. He said, great is the mystery of godliness. What is the mystery of godliness? He said that God was manifested in the flesh. He said God was ma- ah, yeah, 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 yeah. He said God was manifested in the flesh. See, oh God, I hope you can see this. I hope you can see this. Somebody say, I see it. He said, this is the mystery of godliness. That the God that dwells in unapproachable light that no man can see. He stepped on and put on flesh. And that flesh is Jesus. The next line will shock you. Can I give it to you? He said, he said, manifest the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Next line. He said, until Jesus was born, angels had never seen anything before. No wonder. As soon as he was born, the angels threw a party. They said, all hell, all hell. They, you know why? The angel for millions of years had never seen God. Because nobody had seen God before. He does in inapproachable light, which no man can approach. For the first time, they saw God in a human body. Gabriel looked at Michael. Michael looked at the cherubims and said, Afin. They said, my goodness, all oh, glory to God in the highest. Are you here? Jesus is superior to a good teacher. Don't place the words of Jesus and equal to the work of a good teacher. No. What does this mean to you? You go and see a doctor and the doctor said, well, sorry, you have HIV. This is incurable. I've heard what you said, doctor. But what does Jesus Christ say? All things are possible to him that believe it. Listen to me. The words of the doctors are true, but they are lesser truth compared to the word of Jesus Christ. Charles says, how can you believe the word of Jesus? Do you know who Jesus is? He's more than a great teacher. More than a great teacher. He said, God, he said, God manifested in the flesh. Are you here? Are you here? John chapter 7 verse 27. Oh, glory to God. John chapter 7 verse 27. Someone shout Jesus. Hey. John 7 verse 27. Herbite, we know this man. And what the Pharisee was said, this is just a man. This is just a great guy. He teaches well. Yes. He teaches well. Yes. He said, Herbite, we know this man. He, he says, when Christ cometh, no man should know where he comes from. That's what they were saying. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, You both know me, and you know where I'm from, but I'm not come myself, but he that sent me is true. Hallelujah. He said, And him you know not. 
He said, you know that I was born of Mary, but there's another place I come from again. He was telling them that the same way I had the natural origin, I have what a spiritual origin that you don't know about. What was he saying? I'm more than a man. They were saying he's a man. He said, mm, I'm more than a man. Because, listen to me, this is the problem with religion. Religion says, hey, just shout Jesus, Jesus. That's the thing. You don't know what you believe. Some of you, you can't even like, explain to your children what Jesus is. He says, yeah, man. He said, no, he's God. How is he God, daddy? I, I don't know. Just believe it. And that's how, when those kids get into university and the professor tells them also, they can't defend their faith. They can't defend their faith. Some of you now, now if you see a Jehovah, you may sit down with you and say, he's not the son of God. He's this, he's a prophet. You say, mm. he say, open your Bible. He says, see, he's called the son of man. How can he be God again? He said, that's true. You have a point. He's the son of man. Jesus Christ called himself son in four areas. Son of man, son of God, son of Abraham, son of David. Why? I'll explain to you. Because sonship does not naturally mean I gave birth to you. Sonship also talks of the nature of who you are. So you will hear what the Bible says that James and John, the sons of um, Boanerges, the sons of thunder, they were saying that they had temper. They were hot-blooded. So they called them sons of thunder. He called Judas the son of perdition, meaning the son of destruction. Did destruction give birth to him? No. He was referring that Judas had the nature of what? Destruction. So when he says he's the son of God, he means other people. He was the only one that had the nature of God in him. Why was he the son of man? He came as humanity. He had what? He had humanity in him. Why was he the son of Abraham? He was telling you that Isaac was not the seed of Abraham. That he was the one that was promised. Oh, glory to God. He was one that was promised for the redemption of man. Why is he called the son of David? Like as a king and as a seed of David, he came as a seed. Because we're talking about the kingship of David. Isaiah chapter 9. Jesus more than a man. Jesus more than a man. When you know who you see, this is the thing. When you hear that ah, a Christian had a problem, I want to send out the person doesn't know Jesus. Oh my God, you don't know Jesus. How can you have a problem and go and see Herbalist? You don't know Jesus. You don't know. You, you think you've come to some kind of fragmented religion, organized religion, to some kind of worship. Uh-uh. It's more than that. You're talking to some people. They say, Pastor, I agree with you. I know what Jesus Christ said, but this is the reality. <laughs> Jesus said, Jesus talks. He said, there's reality. You don't understand what he said. He said, I'm the way, the truth. He says, outside me, there's no truth. Fact is always changing. Truth remains the same. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Look at what the Bible says. Oh, glory to God. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Today's Bible study. You're going to read the Bible a lot. See what the Bible says. I know you read this at Easter and at Christmas, but read it with me now. He says, for unto us a child is born. He said, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful. He's a child. He's a son. But all of a sudden, his name shall be called Wonderful. Why is he wonderful? He does wonderful things. This is why you will know God does not ignore you. Because he's full of wonders. He's full of wonders. He calls him Cancelor. As a businessman, he's the, he's the supernatural strategist. He will give you cancer. He will tell you how to go about it. He will show you the way to go. And he says, 
not just wonderful counselor. He said the mighty, because I say it's just Christ God. Read, he's a son, but the mighty God. What they call him? The everlasting. Someone says, Oh, my pastor, you've lost me. Ah, he was a son, now he's the father. Ah, what does that mean? You know what the Bible says? Just was talking to them. Philip says, He says, Jesus, sorry, show us the father. And Jesus Christ said, He that seeth me has seen the father. He said, He that seeth me has seen the father. He said, For the father is in me. And I come in as soon as he says, I am in the father. What does that mean? You can't understand God outside Jesus Christ. How do I know God does not ignore you? Because when Jesus was on earth, he never said no to anyone. Every time you pray to God, see him as Jesus. Why? That's who he is. Glory to God. Everlasting Father. You know, you, you go through a challenge and human beings say, you know, based on human calculation, this and this and this, and it's impossible. Just remember that God, Jesus is not their mate. Are you here? Some people say, Jesus is an angel. Have you heard such They say, no, no, no. They say, some people say Jesus is a prophet. And some say he's what? An angel. Let's quickly resolve that. And we'll close. John chapter, Hebrews chapter 1. Is Jesus an angel? I understand. See, when it says an angel, I understand what they're saying. Because angels by themselves are very powerful. Yes or no? I don't know if you remember that. Just two angels. What does Sudan and Gomorrah? That Bible says one angel was so powerful. He stood on earth. He raised up his sword. His sword touched heaven. Bible speaks about one other angel that wiped out 200,000 people. So angels are very strong. You know, angels are so powerful, they can change in shape. They can move through walls. Oh, yes. Because the chariot of, eight of fire that picked up Elijah, they were angels. The Bible says that angels came to Abraham and they looked like men. They are so powerful, they can look like men. They are so fast. They can move through space. When the angel appeared to Zacchaeus and Zachariah, he moved through the temple. Nobody saw him. So they say, oh yeah, Jesus is as powerful as an angel. In fact, Psalm 103 says, angels excelling strength. That's what the Bible says. But see what the Bible says here. Oh, glory. Are you here? This is so good. Are you ready? Verse 2. The Bible says, And in him, and, and in these days, spoken to us by his son, who he has appointed heir of all things, by whom he made the world, who is Jesus, being the brightness of his glory, that's for next week, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, he by himself purged our sins and sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Verse 4. Hey, he's just an angel. Let's see. Verse 4 says, Being made so much better than angels he said mm -mm. angels are here he was made so much better than angels someone said eh, he was made that's the thing he was made but remember how was he made the word was made flesh not that he was created 
they make him talks about when he moved into a fleshy region how do i know keep reading keep reading take because i'm like ah, you know I, I never knew this in the bible you're learning now you're learning now when you know what jesus is that you know someone say, what someone wants to pray to make the prayer powerful you not add angelic names only my can pray for us only grip pray for us because jesus is not enough because in your mind ah angel angel michael angel julia angel Gertra, angel this angel. how can jesus be enough when 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 they're angels angels are you here ah angels fight my battle in fact they pick up the prize that we release angels hey angels because you don't know the power in the name of jesus look at this <laughs> he said in verse 5 for unto which of the angels said at any time thou art my son son meaning you share my nature we are of the same quality this day have I begotten you again he says I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son verse 6 and again he bringeth him into the he bringeth him in the first begotten to the world and saith let what all angels worship him Listen, for the angels to worship him, it couldn't have been an angel. Because only one person is worshipped. God. Yes or no? Number two. So, he was superior to an angel. He received the worship of angel, meaning he must be God. But we're going deeper. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 7 says, And of the angel, he saith, what maketh his angel spirits and his ministers flames of fire but unto the son he said this is what he said to the angels he says who maketh the angels spirits and ministers flames of fire but to the son jesus what did he say he uh, yeah, man, hey. he said thy throne oh god is forever father god says to jesus thy throne oh god father called him god he said thy throne oh god are you hearing it father called jesus god he said thy throne oh god he didn't call him he said father said thy throne oh god are you seeing this see you don't understand when we when you know what it means when we say the name of jesus christ you will know you, you will come down ah we are saying in the name of the person that made the heavens and the earth See what it says. It says, Thy throne, O God, is forever. A scripture of righteousness is the scripture of thy kingdom. Verse 9 says, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity, therefore, God, even thy God, has anointed above thy fellows. This was God talking to God. Someone says, What am I God talking to God next week, Sunday? That's why you should come. Bring your questions, we will dissolve it. This Bible is complete. Are you hearing me? Yes. Jesus is God. He's bigger. So, so, oh my God. Someone said, hey, hey. Someone said, don't worry. As I'm going, I'm going with angels. Uh, you're correct. But you should not be proud, priding in that you're going angels. What should you pride in? Christ in me. Christ in me. Christ in me. The one that commands the gazillion number of angels lives on the inside of me. Are you here, somebody? Ah. And he, someone said, why don't you talk about it? Because it's Christ. We know the commander. 
It's Christ in me. It's Christ in me. I go for an interview, Christ in me. I go for an appointment, Christ in me. I go to my children's school, Christ in me. I go for a job, Christ in me. I buy papers, Christ in me. Why? The power that made the heavens and earth dwells on the inside of me. Oh my God. No wonder Paul said, he said, Christ in me is the hope of glory. He said, the reason I'll be successful and the glorious future is not because of what I studied or who I know. He said, it's Christ that is in me. Just imagine this Jesus greater than the prophet. This Jesus greater than teachers, greater than angels. This Jesus now came. He didn't want to stay in heaven. He looked for everywhere to stay. And he says, I want to stay on the inside of you. He says, I want to stay on the inside of you. Do you know what you carry? Do you know who you have? And this morning you're crying, I'm depressed. Oh my God. Why are you crying, my sister? Don't you remember that Christ is in you? He said, who will marry me because I'm 40? Sister, will you please relax? He made the heavens and earth in seven days. He can't find you one man. Even if God no wants to find your husband, he can find your husband. What about Christ? That made heaven and earth. It's what the doctors say. Doctors are men. He's more than a man. His word is superior to what the doctor said. Hallelujah. When you know Jesus this way, you will love him. See, let me tell you something. You will understand what made Zacchaeus, what made Peter, a successful fisherman, drop his net and follow him. You will understand. So, so you, now, you didn't know before. You, you, will want, you will understand when we worship, when we cry, why, why we kneel, why we prostrate, because we can't believe that the whole world, the person that made the heavens and earth has come to stay in us today. Why we, are, why we are afraid of tomorrow? Because it leaves. It's not what the rumor we heard. Because it leaves, I will not fear tomorrow. Shall we pray? Stand on your feet, everyone.